The Business on RT Radio 1 with AIB. We know that your focus is on your business. That's why ours is on supporting you. But first, new EU laws to crack down on harmful and illegal content on the web come into force today, giving Ireland's online media watchdog the power to monitor the activities of major technology companies based here. I'm joined by Eileen Cullity, Deputy Director of the DCU Institute for Media, Democracy and Society, to explore how it's all likely to work. You're very welcome, Eileen. I suppose, first of all, it's from this new Digital Services Act. What powers will it have? Well, it's a huge piece of legislation that aims to bring more transparency and accountability online. And I think it's it's aimed at a long term. Um, so it puts a lot of obligations on online platforms to demonstrate that they are not causing harm. That's one part of it. And another massive part is that anything that is illegal, they have very strict obligations to make sure that there is no illegal content or activity on their platforms. And in in Ireland, it comes under the remit of the, the media watchdog commission, Naman, Naman. But will they will they be able to pursue, just monitor or actually pursue firms uh, with resulting in fines? Well, typically, and people might be familiar with the Data Protection Commission, which is a very important role because Ireland is the lead regulator because many tech companies are based here. It's very interesting with the Digital Services Act, that's not the approach. So Ireland will have a key role because massive platforms are based here, but a lot of the work will be done at Brussels and with big research units. So Ireland won't be acting alone. It will always be um, in cooperation with others. So what's the requirement? What kinds of things will social media companies, for example, have to do that they're not doing now? Well, one thing is they will have to be able to respond to complaints or requests about, say, the, the presence of illegal content. They could be asked to demonstrate and do audits to prove that they're not causing harm. And it's not so much in that case about removing individual pieces of content, but it might be demonstrating that, say, their algorithms are not leading people towards harmful uh, content. Some of these tech companies will argue that they, they don't have the capacity to guard against all toxic or misleading content. Is that, is that an argument you think that's, that's reasonable? Well, there is truth in that um, because there's a huge amount of uh, content that gets uploaded into online platforms every day. But that's not specifically what they're being asked to do. So they are asked to remove illegal content and then to mitigate uh, risks with harmful content. So it's about demonstrating, again, that their algorithms are not harmful, that they have proper age restrictions in place and all of those kinds of things. But it's also notable that amid all the tech layoffs in the past year, a lot of those layoffs have been with people who work in the trust and safety area. So it's questionable whether they're fully committed to, to doing that work. So you'd point to those layoffs. On the one hand, they would argue that it's not possible and we might not have the resources every single time, but they have actually laid off people as well who might well have been able to do that job. One of the things about misleading content, I mean, there's been a lot talked about uh, algorithms of social media companies that sort of steer people towards conspiracy theories and, and, and things like that. But... Conspiracy theories aren't necessarily illegal. Disinformation isn't illegal. Exactly. So there's this concept of legal but harmful or legal but awful. Um, and that's, you know, there's an important freedom of speech and freedom of expression um, rights that have to be preserved. So it's a question of whether they have moderation practices in place, whether those are being enforced, whether they are at 
exercising due diligence in the kind of um, design of their platforms. One way to think of it maybe is that that aspect is focused on the design of platforms. How are they designed? What kind of structures and processes do they have in place? And are the fines potentially very steep for companies found on the wrong side of this? Well, on paper, they are uh, very steep. So I think it's about 1% of annual turnover. So not just European turnover, the whole annual turnover of the company if they fail to comply with requests for information, up to 6% of annual turnover if they're found to be violating uh, the Act. The question then is whether those fines actually ever happen in, in practice. Tech companies already get massive fines put on them. There was about 345 million fine uh, placed on TikTok last year. They're obviously in a process of appealing that. So I guess the question is whether the European Commission will impose the fines, in what circumstances and whether the tech companies will, will take it seriously. And just the way that the information would flow arising from an issue with something that, that's online. Is it is it really going to respond to individuals who complain to a social media company about something and then they they report them to the regulator? Is it that the regulator is just looking at the processes under the bonnet of these platforms to make sure that they don't end up in these situations? How, how will that work? It can be both. So there will be um, trusted flaggers. So one of the interesting things is that it involves regulators, the platforms, but also civil society organisations. So people will be able to report illegal content and that should be taken down. But then there can be investigations into, say, the processes and the design and whether those designs have adequate uh, safety measures. And then that raises the, the big question about the staffing and resources that are available to the national regulators to do those things. And all of, or not all of, but most of the major platforms um, are opposed to the amount of money they're expected to contribute to that resourcing. Okay, well, it'll be interesting to see how it all works out. Eileen Cullity, Deputy Director of the DCU Institute for Media, Democracy and Society. Thank you very much for joining us on the programme.